Hi everyone, I'm Dan Manton and today I have the delightful task of speaking to my wonderful colleague Chris Seal uh, for our podcast series 10 Minutes With. So Chris is somebody that um, I've worked with for many years. Um, he's a really authentic leader, someone that I can always count on to talk with on any challenges that I have in, in life, pers- personally or professionally. Um, I've worked with him for over a decade and he really does epitomise what it means to be a, a high performance recruiter. Um, and I have had the benefit of learning from him, both in my recruitment and also my wider life as well. So um, thank you, Chris, for making the time. Blimey, thank you very much. Well, an intro. Huh? <laughs> um, we've only got 10 minutes today, so let's kick this off. So I briefly touched on what you do, I suppose. Um, great leader, great recruiter. But what can you tell us what it is that you do here at Inex? Uh, yeah, I can. So um, I'm responsible for uh, Investigos or the in-group, sorry, regional business. So I'm responsible for the in-group's regional business. Um, and one of the brands that we carry regionally uh, is Inex. Um, so Inex is an absolutely integral part of uh, our strategy because it's it's our access point and our touch point to supporting um, the technology leadership community that's um, so critical to how how we all operate. So I guess my role is um, part uh, input into uh, regional strategy for Inex, um, but also as a, as a conduit for technology leaders into our Inex practice, uh, just to make sure that we are fully supporting them in, in their career. And what is your favourite thing about being part of the tech team here at Inex? Um, so I think probably a couple of things. Um, so um, one is I, d- I do like the idea that uh, we can support people, senior people throughout their career. Um, and I think that's um, that's when they are in role. Um, so hopefully we build you know, good quality relationships with people when they are uh, looking for a new position um, and they learn to trust us through us doing the right thing and, and, uh, um, and us adding real value to their search. Um, and then when they're in role, um, obviously a lot of a lot of their success uh, within that role hinges on their ability to bring uh, great people and great people solutions into their organisation. So at that point, if um, if we've um, if we've built a, a relationship that's based on trust um, and we've proven ourselves, then 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 we can support them in that chapter as well. So I like that kind of continuous loop. Um, much much more interested in the long term stuff than I am in the smash and grab that's not my personality at all so this this kind of uh, just has always worked really well for me great and you worked in the industry for a while <laughs> you are yes I have <laughs> so, thanks Dan <laughs> so how do you think the the tech sector's changed and and where do you think it's going as well okay <laughs> well um so yeah, twenty years nearly. 20, next year is my twentieth twentieth year. Um, I mean, there's definitely been an evolution in the senior role. So um, you know, over and that and that's a continued thing. So years ago, you know, when I first started, IT, you know, was more of a back office function. That has, um, you know, we went through a chapter then of um, of, of of talking about business enablement. Um, and you saw kind of what was the rise of the CIO, and that was um, more of a almost more of a business role with with some technology acumen. I think that's come round again, actually. And I think what businesses want now is both. Um, so when they're talking about their technology leadership team, it's now there is the expectation that they are business leaders that they can push business agendas, uh, but there is the need to be 
you know, technically aware for sure because of the, you know, a lot of the problems that face organisations now um, are, are, you know, have have a have a fairly complex technology underpinning, uh, data security, you know, increasingly things like AI and automation, all those sorts of things. So, um, so I think the role itself has changed pretty radically, and obviously the impact on technology in the last 20 years has changed massively so um yeah it's uh, it's a very very different world but i think better i think even more exciting especially for you know for, for being on our side of the fence and also being a, a you know senior technologist it's uh, i think it's a great place to be great so a lot of the team have worked together for many years and so we know each other pretty well how would you describe matt smith professionally and, and also personally as in, I have to be professional when describing Matt Smith. <laughs> that I have to describe him professionally. Semi. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I've worked. With, yeah, I've worked with Matt for the whole time I've been in recruitment, so twenty years. <clears throat> um, he's a one-off, isn't he? He's uh, he's he's kind of relentlessly positive. Um, he has the kind of energy and uh, an outlook sometimes of a you know of a puppy uh, kind of bounds into the room and um, but I think that's infectious isn't it so you know he's he's the sort of person that um, you know people buy into really quickly because he's just so positive and so authentic Um, which I know the word is uh, is banded around quite a bit Uh, but with him he's kind of he's definitely got to a point where he's he's just unapologetically him which is great Um, I think he, he, he professionally is one of those people that gets to the nub of a problem really very quickly. So he has a real, uh, the real capability of of of, um, of looking at something that is really quite complex and making it quite simple. And I think that um, is uh, is a, is a real uh, enviable quality. Um, and I think that's allowed him to lead, you know, big organisations and big teams over the years. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, he's, um, he's, he's a recruitment phenomenon and somebody that I personally have a huge amount of loyalty towards um, because, you know, I hang an awful lot of my success on, on the lessons that he's taught me and the environments and the cultures that he's brought me through um, through his businesses as part of. And team, team dynamics are so important and interesting um, and everyone is always known for the go-to person for something. Um, so, what would you say somebody like, you know, Natalie is is the go to person for? What, what would you what would you describe her as? Um, I think Natalie is um, is is a great kind of business partner, um, uh, if 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 that makes sense. So, I think what Nat's really good at um, is listening to the needs of a person of an individual and getting under the skin of what that is, sort of challenging them on on those things. And then making sure that we as an organisation are doing, you know, doing the right thing for that individual. So I I kind of make, you know, I liken it to that sort of business partner type role. I think um, she goes into conversations thinking about, not necessarily thinking about what from the in-group can I take to this person? She goes into conversations. Right, I'm I'm going to understand this person and um, and, and and really get to the nub of, of of what it is they're trying to achieve or where they're trying to go, and then um, I will consider what we may have within the in group that could that could benefit them. So I think her skill set is that like really high quality business partnering type personality. And this podcast is obviously meant to shine a light on an on Inex, um, but we also want to get to know 
you a little better as well, Chris. You sure? Um, yeah, <laughs> so, so I'm told. Um, <laughs> so, so it's written down here. So <laughs> what book or podcasts are you listening to at the moment? A um, couple of podcasts. Um, uh, high performance uh, podcast. I really like that. It's great. I think... Um, yeah, I just find it so insightful. I really like the range of people they have on there. Mm. Um, I, I'm also listening to Dan Snow's History, which is great. Yeah, it's like accessible history for those with uh, uh, a limited uh, memory. Is it like a an adult horrible histories? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It probably is. I like horrible histories as well. So. <laughs> uh, and then books wise, I'm listening to Power and Thrones from Dan Jones, which is another uh, history. It's like. Uh, Basically, the history of uh, of royalty across the across the generations, which has been which is really really good, and uh, windswept and interesting by Billy Connolly, wow. which is amazingly good. Yeah, brilliant guy. Yeah, really and, it, and 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 I listen to I'm listening to it on audiobook because I like the fact that it's, you know Billy Connolly is reading to you basically telling you about him. Uh, so yeah, great, really good book, well recommended. I do find it better when. You can hear the actual person talking yeah, to you definitely. about their life, right? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, it's like like, yeah, like they're telling you their story rather than your brain. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? Uh, I enjoy being with my family, and that's a really trite answer, but that's my truth. Mm. I absolutely love it. My yeah, three kids, wife—they're my joy. Love being around them. And if you could compete at the Olympics, <laughs> mm-hmm. what sport would you do? Um, hundred meter sprint. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you I, said I, ball. Well, <laughs> you know, it's quite funny saying that, given that you know I'm five foot nine. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I was a, more of a sprinter. It's something that you know it's over and done with, nice and quick. You know, it requires minimum amount of pain. You don't get tired, do you, doing a hundred meter sprint? So that's yeah. That's where I live. <laughs> and taking you back, what was your first ever job? That does take me back. Uh, I was a milkman. A milkman? I was, yeah. yeah. Five, five, four or five a.m. starts on a, uh, on a school day. Yeah, character building that. Wow. Yeah, northerner, you see. <laughs> was that in Bolton, was it? No, no, it was, it was in Birmingham. But, um, yeah, I think by, sadly they'd closed the pits by the time uh, for, for children anyway. <laughs> I was always too wide to get up a chimney, so it was uh, it was milk ground for me. Milk ground. You used yeah, to get yeah. those little orange juices as well. Yeah. I used, to, I used to love... Still do them round by me. Do they? Milkman's wow. still going strong. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and um, do you have a favourite quote or words to live by? I do, yes. Um, it's a quote by Oscar Wilde, um, which I've just always loved, um, which is, some cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. And I always kind of that. I remember reading that years ago, and I thought, yeah, I always want to be the. I hope to always be the wherever I go person, rather than the uh, whenever I go person. I probably am the latter sometimes, but I'd like to think more often than not I'm the former. Well, that's a great quote. I I went to see Oscar Wilde's grave actually. Did in, you in Paris? Amazing. Um, and uh, it was it's really famous because uh, women put lipstick on and they kissed the grave, okay. and it was covered in lipstick. And they actually had to put a screen up, especially during COVID. And in COVID, you couldn't do it. So they put a screen up to stop uh, people from women kissing the grave. Um, and it's a, a really famous thing. So if you're ever in Paris, go and see Oscar Wilde's grave. As well. yeah, I, might, might be written on I can't it. like reading his books, but I'll go and kiss his grave as well. Why not? Um, yeah. um, okay, so quick, rapid fire round. So 
teams meeting or in person? In person, hundred percent. Summer or winter? Uh, ambivalent, both. Don't mind. Morning or evening? Morning. Climb a mountain or sky dive? <laughs> Absolutely neither. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, unless it's a hundred meter sprint up a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, even then, I think I'd get too far up. We so do. no. Take I'm it. Out. Um, cats or dogs? Cat. No, sorry, dogs. Dogs. Uh, when watching TV, one episode at a time, or binge them all? Well, I try and binge them all, but I'm getting older now, so I tend to fall asleep. <laughs> but the intention is there to binge. But like one and a half episodes in, sadly, drift off. Sat there with your uh, with your tea. Yeah. Um, uh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am an extroverted introvert. You want you're looking at me like you want an explanation. Yeah, go on. Um, because I'm not, I'm not necessarily the first person to talk in a room, uh, but if I'm with people that I am comfortable with, I'm happy to then uh, be more, I guess I then play the more natural extroverted role. But if I was in a group of people I didn't know, I would, you, would, you would probably think I was an introvert. Would you rather travel to the past or travel to the future? 100% the past. Yeah, I'm Love the same. history. Love history. Yeah. Well, yeah, from your books and your, yeah, yeah, yeah. what you're listening to. Yeah. I just look. I, lo- I just would love to see how how people really were and how they actually interacted when the 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 world in which they were living within was just so much different. Like I can't comprehend what it must have been like to be you know sat there in a dark room you know with a little candle in the corner flickering away and and absolutely no electricity to kind of you know. I'd, I'd love to just be a, a fly on the wall in that in that place. Yeah, trying to understand, listening to listening to how how they live their lives. That that's fascinating to me. The future, yeah, kind of less interesting. Are you more of a thinker or a doer? Thinker. What's your favourite board game? Um, I don't have one. I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in board games at all. Never knew that about you. <laughs> yeah. I said, sorry, I said that quite sinister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, ju- you judged me then yeah. for a moment. I know, yeah, I don't know what that says about me particularly, but I just find all of them quite dull. Hmm. If a CEO asked you for advice, what would you say? Um, oh, do you know, I would, my, my initial inclination, given the title is Rapid Fire, I would, I would probably say, listen more, but... Um, but actually, I don't know whether that's that good advice because if CEOs spent their entire time listening, they probably wouldn't get an awful lot done. But um, yeah, I think um, I think businesses have got so much um, untapped uh, quality within them, especially from you know introverts within the organisation. I think if uh, if CEOs had the time, and I know they often don't, if they could spend some time just going around listening, I think you know I think that would be uh, hugely valuable. But what do I know? One final question, and we're going to go back to tech here. What do you expect in 2024 in terms of technology, and what do you think will be a game changer for businesses? Um, yeah, I think um, I think the, the 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 push and the pull between you know the value of AI and and you know those sorts of things, I think, is going to be front and center for a lot of stuff uh, in 2024. I think it's. Um, uh, I think there is a hope from a lot of business leaders that AI will answer an awful lot of questions. I think there's an awful lot of um, uncertainty as to quite, you know, the, clearly there's going to be value, but what it is, I think, is still um, 
is still uh, debated. So I think I think that conversation, that debate, will be front and centre certainly for twenty twenty four. And I doubt very much that it's going to be um, answered anytime soon as well as the tech evolves so quickly, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, and I th- yeah, I think game game changer. Um, I don't know. Have to edit this out because I don't really know what game changer what the game changer is going to be. I have to say, um, there could not be. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the the, the term game changer sa- sounds kind of silver bullety, mm-hmm. and I don't, I just don't see one. I don't, I don't see something on the horizon that's accessible next year that is going to just radically change the game. I think the game will evolve. That's what tech does. I don't, I don't see a game changer per se. So thank you so much, Chris. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, next time you'll have my seat and you'll be the interviewer. So um, how exciting! Good, good, good luck. Um, this has been Inex's Ten Minutes with Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>